and it's all just falling into place. And uh, the tenant left really easy, and um, family went into the flat. It was a mess. Physically and spiritually, it was a mess. There was a lot of darkness in there. Ours, um, we've got Holy Spirit and we've got the angels around about us, but there's also demons that roam the earth as well. And some of them had found their way up into that flat. So we had a prayer meeting. And then after the prayer meeting, Abdi was invited upstairs and we anointed the place. And it just cleared out and knew it's got, a, it's getting there. It's getting there. There's a lot of work still to be done, but there's a lot of good work being done in Marla Monroe's off the wall. She was up there. She's gone. The black wallpaper is doing, and there's a joy in a place. And every time I go, there is a joy. And no matter if I work, I work with all different folk when you're up there, and it's always a happy, it's just fine. Anyway, I run about at the same time of the prayer meeting. Um, so we do kids' club on a Friday night. Heaps of us. Heaps of us do kids' club, but there's youth as well. And we started noticing that the young folk that's coming in have got real needs. And um, they've got spiritual needs, and, but they've got physical needs as well. And, oh, can't agree. <laughs> I need to go up there, nice. Youth that are coming in, that their shoes are too small for them here in a broch, and um, their clothes are too small for them, and some of them just, need a wash and they just need looked after and we started seeing this need and one day Gib went home and got a heap of clothes and at the same time I said imagine we had some way for we could keep um, just toiletries or we could keep fresh clean clothes and um, if you go up to the flat and see it there is a Oh, a horrible toilet in there, but one day it's going to be a beautiful wet room. And I said, like, imagine folk where young folk could come in and just have a shower. And at the same time as this was going on, the uh, rehab placement was going on. And one of the guys had asked Kevin, have you any food? I'm starving. And that day, uh, Kylie nipped out and she went away and got a bag of earrings. And he says, imagine there was a kitchen up upstairs full of food for we could give folk a bag of good earrings, good mate, as my mom says, good mate. And um, it was all just like clicking into place, all this needs that we were seeing. And uh, I'll tell you a funny story. We, well, it was me, okay. I pinched Kevin's deodorant. I didn't realize it was his. It was in his office, and I just gave it to one of the kids. And the next Sunday... At dinner time, Kevin says, you're not going to believe us. Somebody's nicked my deodorant. <laughs> oh, oh, Kevin, I'm so sorry. We needed it. And Miriam said, he said, I, I like to give myself a squish before he preaches. I didn't nick any of And then Miriam said to him, it could have been worse. You could have been preaching with a sheen on because I'd almost given them up by mistake as well. <laughs> but it's so. I says, Amanda, have we got any toiletries? Because mine and Amanda was in the collection. And Amanda says, let's uh, get an appeal. So a heap of years have donated toiletries and they are getting used, okay? And we've got plans for them. But I says, imagine we had a pantry full of toiletries and deodorant and just stuff that young folk like. Squish a scent, something that were young folk. in the broch, this is happening right here. So uh, the, that's what's going on with the flat. Um, 
And then we had the prayer meeting. And I was, ah, that's different vision about um, the glory coming down the stairs. I was prayer rooms. I was prophetic rooms. I was healing rooms. I was a kitchen full of food. But not only physical food, a place where folk can come in that are hungry for God. And that a place where they can exchange their filthy garments, not just physical, but inside as well. And we was imagine like even a washing machine, we could put a washing machine in and all that stuff. So anyway, we, the flat is coming on. Jim the Skim is doing an amazing job as we come. Marie recommended a guy and he's brilliant. And um, if you want to, some of us aren't able, and that's fine, and a lot of busy, we're busy, busy folk. And if you aren't physically able, pray. Pray for what's going on in the flat. Um, pray that the Lord strengthens the folk and pray that the Lord just uses that building for him. Anyway, um, and food fajitas for the flat, the plan is that you're going to come in here, we're all going to come in here, we're dinner, and then if you want, you can go up and see it. And you can, there's going to be um, like posters in every room with different prophetic words that imagine a space could be used for. Anyway, so I was thinking about all this and I've been praying about the flat. And then Kevin was near wheel last week, and I thought, oh, I wonder if I've got a dream. And the Lord just reminded me that I actually had a dream about the flat a year ago, and I'd forgotten about it. And this is why, write your dreams down. So this is nighttime dreams I'm speaking about. Write them down because um, God's amazing, and he'd already got all his plans. So on the 8th of May last year, and I've already shared this scene in the church, the flat above the church, this was my nighttime dream, the flat above the church had been beautifully renovated. We had no idea. If it, at that point, it was a mess. It was spiritually a mess. It, it was just a mess. And each window had multicolored rainbow curtains. And there was people lining up for prom tickets. And as they came into the building, there was no rush or panic, but there was a peace. And up in the flat, I mean, there was this uh, work. Somebody had done all this work, and it was Elsa, actually, had done all this work on this drawers, little secret drawers. And I said in, the, in my dream to myself, you wouldn't pay somebody to put all that work into it. And it's funny, on Wednesday, Jennifer was scraping the last of that horrible wood chip off. And this thought came into my head, and I couldn't believe it. I, this thought came in, you wouldn't pay somebody to cut stuff off. And then when I read that, that was in the dream, I thought... Dear me, God, you can at every little detail. And see that song Alison was singing in Matthew about he cans the hell story and he's got us in our hands. It's such a promise. He cans the hell story. It's all being written out for us, the plans that he's got for us. Anyway, um, and then the next bit was in the dream where church building was on the beach. And finally looked to Abdi was in there was a storm, there was a storm, and the folk for the church was out helping folk take their boats in, and helping folk rescue them for the storm. And I asked God, I, I'd already interpreted somewhat the last time, and we came that the rainbow curtains represents the throne room of God, you can read about that in Revelation, the rainbow, and God just says, my glory is going to shine out as building. It's going to shine out. Folks are going to see it. But also we need to ging out. And we need to ging out and help the folk at Suit Air. And then, now the last time I interpreted, I didn't account for the prom ticket meant. And it was just hidden from me. And it means to dance, right? And the Lord's just given me other scriptures. I'm going to run through them. 
Second Samuel, and just as you read this, this is what I believe that God wants for church to gain into, okay? And David danced, Second Samuel is 6, verse 14. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing priestly garments. So David and all the people of Israel brought the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and blowing the ram horn. Then jumped to Psalm 149, verse 2. O Israel, rejoice in your maker. O people of Jerusalem, exalt your king. Praise his name with dancing, accompanied by the tambourine and harp. For the Lord delights in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let the faithful rejoice that he honors them. Let them sing for joy as they lie in their beds. Fawn wants to sing for joy as they lie in their bed. Then we're going to go to Romans 8, 15, I think it was, 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are the heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. That's what folk are going to be queuing up for. Um, We've got a hope that the world has not gotten we've got a reason to dance, we've got a reason to sing, we've got a joy, we're children, we're children of God, but it's not just for us, it's for the world, and we are going to, folk are going to come in, and they're going to put doing their filthy garments, and they're going to pick up a garments of praise, and then I was then thinking about the beach and helping folk, and you can some in church, you are doing a great job, you're out there helping folk, and God sees it. God sees it. You're out there, and you're you're investing your time, and you're investing your um, your money. You're in, you're investing things, and you're helping folk. And God sees it, and He says thank you. He wants to say thank you this morning. And then I was thinking about um, when God's in a storm. It's Mark four, I think. Um, Mark 4, 35. It speaks about when the disciples were in the boat and Jesus was weighing, but Jesus was sleeping in the boat. And um, there was a storm going on and they woke Jesus up and Jesus said, peace be still. And we is. And God just wants to say, there's folk out in the world in a storm, but his and disciples were in a storm that day and that was Jesus' best chums. And he's saying, if you're in a storm, it's okay. And it's not always because of something that you've done wrong or something you've done. It's just life circumstances. And there's things that you just can't control. And, but you can control how you cope with the storm. It's going on inside you. And maybe circumstances didn't change, but you can make a change by choosing to step into God's peace and just saying, peace, be still. Peace, be still. Storm, be still. And church, I believe God just wants to say to you this morning, you are doing a good job. He sees you helping. He sees you reaching out. He sees you evangelizing. He sees you praying for folk. And he's just saying, but peace, be still to the storm that's in you. So I'm just going to pray. If, if, if you want to receive just a peace, be still for Jesus, just put your hands. I'm just going to pray for you as I know. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are in the boat with us. I thank you it was we de life 
that were nay in his journey alone. And though the waves might be crashing ruinous, and the wind is blowing ruin and ruinous, Holy Spirit, I just pray for peace, be still, in the name of Jesus, I want us today. Peace, be still. Let your way of peace come down. And I thank you for the promise that we heard as we sung this morning that you have written the story and that you had us in our hand. In your hand, you had us in your hand, God. And that's enough just to calm a storm in us. Holy Spirit, peace be still. I give you my worries. I give you my anxiety. I give it out of you, God. And we just pray that the peace of God just settles on us. And as we go out of here, that we carry our peace deep in us. In your name, amen. Amen. Here's Gib. Young day. To get someone, um, Kevin can't be here with us today. I think he's really just hoping for revival. Uh, so Isabel bides out for as much of the Celtic Rangers game as he can. Starts at 12 o'clock. But at the time, Kevin says, I'm not going to be here. Straight away, you think, well, Faz going to speak. And Ruth says, I've got a thought. And I said, well, I've got something that, there's been a bit of a journey on this, and it started, at, I think it was January last year, we had a, a time, a, a week of a prayer and devotions, and I just gave a, a little devotion that was on, a, on this, um, and then I shared last month, I actually thought I better take it out of my book and typed it up. Um, so then I did it last month at a worship night, and I was just eight or so there, and I thought, there's something here, so I can share this. And Ruth says, I'm not going to be long, so I'll go right before you, and then you can, so, so we had a uh, set up, but I never spoke to Ruth about what she had, and half of the stuff that I think she just said is, is in my message this morning, and I'm only going to be 15, 20 minutes or something. But the Lord really does, Ken, uh, a thing that, that we are going to say, we're going to do before. And we've just got to walk in his, uh, walk in fit he's got for us. And this morning, um, is, uh, I'm not sure how much you saw off. And Sarah was speaking about the thanksgiving at the start. I was standing up there. And uh, actually, at that point... I saw what I saw, and I could have gone home. Because there's power in our testimonies, isn't there? And this morning, I think it's the first time, I was actually going to, I had my mic there, and as soon as Sarah finished, I was going to say, look at the back. And, and, and Lord, I, 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 I shout and I scream and I thanksgiving. But then I thought, no, maybe just news near the time. Because I can't mind if it's two years ago, two years ago. <sighs> two years ago, Mark had his stroke and his, his, um, his issues and ended up. He ended up in intensive care. 
And we've heard Pauline's testimony, we've heard her speak and share Neil Angle. And the doctor said, <laughs> it's getting close. Pauline had a decision to make. Do I let go? Or do I trust a little bit longer? Thankful for Mark and the family and us, she trusted a little wee bit longer. And Mark walked in on his own two feet today. And the reason I said I didn't want to do it at the time is he was only halfway in. And I thought, if we are turn around and cheer and shout and scream, he'll maybe fall over. So sometimes the Lord puts things in your heart. And I, I wasn't going to share this just now. But the Lord puts things in your heart. And it's maybe enough for the, that time. Because I might have put him back in the hospital if I started shouting for him. But that is a testimony of the Lord's goodness. And this morning I'm speaking about in the middle. In the middle of different situations, the Lord moves. And that was in the middle of what could have been death, was turned to life and victory in Jesus' name. So let's give him another hand and a clap before we start. So like I said, I started this about um, last January, I think, and then about a month, uh, it must have been about two months ago now, I was doing my, my devotional, and I was in Genesis, and if you can the story of Joseph, you can Potiphar's wife, she was after him, but she turned it around when she was nearly caught, and she made it out that Joseph was trying to, to, to go for her. And through that, Joseph ended up going to prison, and we'll just read it, um, verse 19 in Genesis 39. So Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were heard, held, and there he remained. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. That's two, two um, uh, parts, two, two different uh, bits there. But the bit I was drawn for was the Lord was with him. He was put into the darkest place, like he was behind bars and he was thrown in. But the Lord was with him. And at this point, if it had been on my mind was in the middle. We hear phrases like, I'm in the middle of turmoil. I'm in the middle of a dark situation. I'm in the middle of financial issues. I'm just in the middle of some stuff. How are you? I'm in the middle of some stuff. I'm just struggling. I'm in the middle of a global pandemic. Thankfully, we're no longer in, in the middle of that. But we're still in some strange times, aren't we? We're in the middle of war, middle of an energy crisis. Some folk doesn't 
how they're going to pay the next bill. But God still works in the middle. Some of the greatest stories and testimonies happen in, in the middle um, of what we can see in our eyes is chaos. But as Ruth said, God is always in control. The first thing I want to look at is in Matthew 8, 24 to 27. Suddenly, a furious storm came upon the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And it's near a boat like that, forever grateful up there that Andra's got, or the King's Cross. It's not even a boat like John's Yoli out in Rosati. This boat, if you think back to that times, and I actually Googled some of the images to see Jesus come in a storm and what it would look like, and just folks' pictures or, or how it looked, but it would have been in a young wooden, wooden boats, seats, folk rowing about. It says Jesus was sleeping. Maybe a big sail, probably with the wind getting torn to bits. But he's sleeping calm there, doing the corner. I says to Ruth, it'd be good this morning if I had some actors. <laughs> but when they was to, to act, they feel free to come up and help. Baby lions coming. This guy's are gone like as much, as fast as they can, getting near away with the wind. <laughs> Thinking, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And they woke him up. And the first thing he says, you've little faith. You left the storm for a little second. You've little faith. And then he says, he rebuked the wind and waves and immediately it was calm. And the disciples, they were in complete turmoil. And it, in an instant, it was changed. And the next thing I want to go on to is Matthew 14. It's just as John the Baptist, um, Jesus' cousin, had died. And it says, as soon as he heard that his cousin had died, he fled and he went to be himself. He got a boat and went to a remote place. It says, to be alone. He was fully human, the Lord, at this point. Fully God at the same time. And he went to grieve. That's what he went. He went to grieve. So in the middle of grief, but it says the crowds from all around heard for he was gone, and they came from all the towns and they walked. And it says as he stepped off the boat, he saw the crowds. They were already there waiting for him. It says he stepped down from the boat and he had compassion and he healed the sick. In the middle of his grief, And we've heard that the disciples were the ones closest to him. After that night, he'd been speaking and he'd been healing the sick. The disciples started saying, it's getting late, Jesus. 
Do you think we should send this folk here to go and get some food for the Pharaoh? We've not even got food for sale. How are we going to feed all this? What did he say? Ask around. Ask around. Somebody's bound to hear something. Well, we've, we've done it already. And all we can find is five loaves of bread and two fish. Well, that'll do. And out of nothing, after a hell day, I see healing folk sick in a time of grief. He performed that miracle and fed 5,000, and I think that's adults, I'm sure, like a broch game at 1,600, but it was only adults. I'm sure it was about 4,000 barons and all. When I read the Bible, it's, it's a, I'm getting better at reading, I'm getting into reading a bit more, but still sometimes I struggle to actually imagine, like at, uh, with a boat, and, and, and actually imagine how that would have been. Um, and I think I've got, I think I've gotten better since um, reading, uh, watching The Chosen. There's only, pop your hand if you hadn't seen The Chosen. So, that, so there's folk in here that have seen The Chosen. There's two series that is going, and it really just puts a, a perspective on the relationship that Jesus had with the disciples, the, the, how he walked, and, and you really see that how human he actually was in the time he walked the earth. And it, if you have seen it, whether it's just to watch instead of something on Netflix, um, then I stop reading your Bible and only watch a choice and I sniff it, I'm telling you. But it goes alongside and I tell you something. Kevin shared a clip of the woman at the well, I think, in one of his preach. Then uh, every episode is like that and you really see the Lord's goodness and his faithful um, hand upon as he walks. And it's, I think it's kind of really transformed how I then read the Bible and and, and, and try and imagine if it's actually going um, on air. So just in, on, on the side note there, I encourage you to, to watch that. Next thing I want to go to is in Acts 16. Is Paul and Silas. They, they brought them, starting at verse 20, they brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing the city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell, and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the, the, um, the prisoners, uh, when he thought the prisoners had escaped, 
Oh, sorry. When he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into the house, set a meal before them. He was filled with the joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. So it says there that these two guys were Jews. They put the whole city into an uproar. They'd done nothing bar share the message of Jesus. They were stripped, beaten, severely flogged, and then they were thrown into the prison. And doesn't it say they were thrown into the prison in the first cell. It says they were put into the inner cell. So they had probably had to walk through a, a, a locked door, then through another locked door. They were right in the middle. And they only were right in the middle. They were in stocks. They were hands up, feet Maybe they were doomed, but their hands were up. Funny why. And they were chained. And still, they go up and worship. We can come in here freely this morning. Cain and fit God has done. We sung about God so loved the world. And you may have chains on this morning. You may be uh, something hudding you do. But let me tell you this. There is power in worship and in, 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 in worshiping him in a dark time. It says they were worshiping at midnight, and mi midnight represents deep into the night. It, it's the darkest point in the night. Nay, always for us, sometimes it's still light in the summer, but in here it represents the darkest of the night. And suddenly the prison was shaken to its foundations. And what happened? The jailer was about to kill himself. But instead, he received life abundant for all eternity because he met with Jesus and they just him, his whole household. Worship changes atmospheres. So if you're going through a difficult time, continue to worship. He want to leave you in your time of need. We sung this morning, God in my present, God in my future, you write my story, you hold it all together. It says in Lamentations 3, 22 to 23, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. And I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. He's everything that we need. It doesn't say that the inheritance is 
that my father or my mother left behind, and I will hope in my new Tesla because I kind of fill up my petrol car that's a one liter because the price it says he is my inheritance and I will put my hope in him. David was one of the Bible's greatest examples of a true worshiper, but he was often in turmoil and he certainly was no saint. But the Lord says he was a man after his own heart. In Psalm 27, he must have been walking the struggle as, a, as, as he penned this psalm. He declares in verse 1, The Lord is my light and salvation, so why should I be afraid? So it must have been something that is causing him to feel like he might be afraid. But he says, why should I be afraid? In verse 2, he says, The Lord is my fortress who protects me from danger, so, so why should I tremble? And in verse 4, he speaks about the Lord's presence and knowing that he needs to, to remain there. He says, one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. And speaking the words of the Lord and the words of the Bible or his situation. And then the psalm goes on. And you can kind of feel a struggle that he's in. In one of the verses, he says, don't leave me. One of the next verses, he says, don't abandon me. Don't let me fail. And he comes back to finishing in that confidence like he always did. I'm confident that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The, 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 the time we're walking through. And as you read other Psalms, he sometimes ranted. David sometimes ranted. That's okay. He always came back to God's goodness at the end. And I heard Stephen Furtick speaking about, um, I can't remember if it was last week, but he says, I can't mind it exactly, but he was basically saying, look, this is okay. With the folk you've got the best relationships with, that's the folk you're going to rant to. Like, Miriam can rant to me. I'll maybe, <laughs> maybe just let go of my head for a while, but she'll still be ranting. And then I'll speak to her, or I can rant to her. I maybe wouldn't rant to Jillian as much, or John. But the folk that you've got the closest relationship, that's why you're comfortable with, and that's why you're allowed to run to. So you're allowed to say, Lord, what on earth is going on here? Why are you allowing me to walk through this? I can't fucking go on. I really don't, I can't fucking go on, Lord. I can you're good. I can you've got my... So I suppose I'll just keep my head up. I suppose I'll just keep trying. And sometimes that's what life is. But we are confident that we've got a hope in him that goes beyond this life. So if you have got that hope, I may say it's a bit thingy, but if, if, if worst comes to worst, you'll be with him. That's the worst, ultimate worst thing that could happen in an earthly situation, 
and maybe leave folk that loves you and cares, but you'll be in glory with Him. And He really has got everything. So, let our response be in the middle of this issues, the pandemic, the response to the rise and the cost of living, the unknown of the world issues. I just encourage you to just stay in communion with, with God. Continue to worship Him and continue to come to Him in prayer. Nathan spoke about Nehemiah uh, at our worship. I'm not sure if he is, if he's up there. He shared for the first time, he spoke um, at our worship night a few nights ago. He spoke about Nehemiah. He spoke about Nehemiah 1 to 4. And the amount of times that he was just living life, he, 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 he had that job that Kevin spoke about. He was king's cupbearer. And he asked the king if he, uh, or king asked him, why, why are you doing? Before he responded, he prayed to the Lord. And then he, and, and, and the amount of times that he was just walking through life. But before he responded or acted, he said a quick prayer to the Lord or shouted out and asked. And that's what I'm speaking about with that relationship piece. You're allowed to rant, you're allowed to speak, you're allowed to come. But, but listen, if you speak to somebody, you, you learn to hear their voice, you learn to, to understand how they communicate with you. And just do that as you're walking through life in general. In Exodus, the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness. And they're complaining they'd been taken out of Egypt and had no food. And what happened? The Lord scattered fresh food each morning. In the middle of their issues, he provided. He told them how they should collect it but he didn't collect it for them. They had to go and collect it. Each day he provided, and they even pushed the boundaries. He says, on day six, I uh, oh, didn't, didn't I collect for a morn. He said, just collect enough for a day, because I will be mere a morn. So for a start, they pushed it, and they, they, they took me out. But they woke up in the morning, the extra that they'd kept to her for the next day was covered in maggots. But do you think it's amazing that he says, collect double on day six, because I want you to rest on day seven? Was there any maggots on day six with the double for the next day? No. That's amazing. He can exactly fit we need at the exact right time. He's given us the tools to win. He's given us the spiritual food. He speaks this in different ways, but sometimes we've just got to go and collect it. He's given us the spiritual food. He's given us the tools. But sometimes we need to open up the word and just receive it. We've got to give our time in his presence and in prayer and he will work in the middle. This is in Mark 5, verse 21. That, the, that uh, Jairus was a, a worker. He wasn't, a, he wasn't a paid, by the way, but he was a worker in a synagogue. A synagogue? 
synagogue. And again, he wasn't great that day. His daughter was dying. And he came and he fell in front of the, the Lord's feet and he pleaded with him to come to, to heal his daughter. And it's amazing that if you read the, the, the uh, stories, the amount of uh, miracles and things that Jesus actually did that wasn't in a church building or wasn't in a, it wasn't even um, at an event that he went to. Abdi come to the uh, exhibition center in Aberdeen. Billy Graham's coming. It wasn't at the event a lot of the times. It was on his way to the event. On, as Paul, uh, Saul was on his way to Damascus. He met him on the road. And he was on his way to Jairus's house. And it said the crowd followed him. And they were so crowded round about him. And he was, he must have been walking. And there was this woman. It says she'd been bleeding constantly for 12 years. And I never have noticed this bit before. And sometimes you... Every time you read, it's glaring in my face, but I've never actually thought about this bit until last night. It says, she suffered a great deal from many doctors, and she'd spent everything she had. Fit the doctors had done to her, I'm not sure, but she suffered a great deal from the doctors, and everything she had, she spent to try and stop this bleeding. She was in pain, but she says, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. And you can imagine Abdi rubbing shooters and him trying to get, it's like a celebrity walking through town and rubbing shooters. And she's, this is far I would have liked Ruth to be crawling like as an actor. But you could imagine her, I mean, it was difficult enough to get in to see the fit bar yesterday with the crowds running about hardly see the goals. Could you imagine her trying to weave her why and to even touch his, his, his garment? But she couldn't fit she was needing. She wanted one touch because she knew it would be a healing. And she got it. And I can how she managed, but she managed to get through and touch them. And immediately he says, who touched me? And the disciples run about, and they're like, what do you mean, Abdi's touching you? No, 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 somebody touched me. Abdi's touching you. No, somebody touched me. I felt the healing power go from my body. And it says, immediately she knew if it had happened, she knew she had her healing, and she was sitting trembling. For the say, I've never written it down here. It's in here. I've, I've marked down my Bible bits, and I've never into them. But she was sitting trembling, and you could imagine her putting up her hand. It was me. 
And he says, your faith has healed you. You've made, you, you're healed. And last week, Glenda spoke about the, the uh, Elijah telling his servant to, to, to go and look, the rain is coming. There's a flood coming. Go and look out to the sea. Seven times he went and checked until he finally saw the rain cloud. Seven times. And then I was reminded of the, in Luke 5, for the first disciples were, were, um, were made, really. The Lord came and he saw two empty boats and he says, can I have a shot your boat? Push my out. I'm going to speak. These fishermen had been out all night and uh, they were cleaning their nets, it says. And he says, at the end he came in and he said, walk back out, put your nets down on the other side. And he says, Lord, I've been trying all night. We never got nothing. Walk out. Step put your nets on the left hand side, put your nets on the right hand side. Okay, Lord, if you say, I will go. But I've tried all night, but I'm going to go because you're saying. And the boats, it says in the word, the boats almost sank because of the amount of fish. They had to get their pals over, and their boat was filled as well. And then they came to shore. And this, by the way, is an amazing episode in The Chosen. It just says they left the boat and they became fishers, fishers of men. There is healing in this place this morning because the Lord is here. I don't understand why Sometimes we didn't get the healing we want on the first time or a second time or a third time. Maybe if you look for a cloud seven times, we'll maybe see it. But Mark, walking through that door this morning, thinking something, Mark could have walked through that door any day, but I think he had to walk today the first, was this the first time? Aye, first time he's walked in here. I think I had to be the first day just to tie in with my message. To show that you've maybe been trying and trying, but God is real. And through difficult situations, in the middle of storms, in the middle of financial burden, in the middle of Forever you are going in through life, it's maybe if it is a massive thing to you, maybe a little thing to somebody else. That's okay. It doesn't matter any smar for you. But the Lord is with you. And um, Sarah um, spoke the last day. I hope it's all right to share us, Sarah. 
And she shared a message on the worship team page. And Sarah's going through a tough situation. Our health family, you came, we're operating. And she says, in the past, maybe I would have run. Maybe I would have hidden. But she's praising the Lord in the middle of the situation. And that's what we need to do. Name it or fit our response that life throws at us. Continue to pray, continue to worship, because God works in the middle. And that's what I had to share this morning. But if I did want to do in Matthew, I'm sorry, Rangers and Celtic have started. We're still going to do it. Um, we are going to just have our one or two songs. Um, and we're going to give the opportunity for anybody for once prayer this morning. If you're going through the middle or something, um, some of the team will come and, and will pray with you. If you really do not even want to tell us what it is, then that's fine. But we will pray and we'll stand with you. It might be for somebody else in your family or, or somebody else in your, uh, uh, your pals or whatever. If you want to come and stand in the gap, we'll pray over them as if they were standing here with you. And if you're needing in prayer this morning, you've heard, let's worship the living God with every single breath. Is that right? Every part of your body, every being, fiber in your being, because he's worth it. He's worthy. Um, so that's what we're going to do. And then at the end, we'll do one or two songs, just enough time for folk to get prayer. And then we're going to have a celebration, a raise a hallelujah. Um, we're going to finish with that and declare that he is good and he is God. So thank you very much. Um, just as Matthew's praying, if one did just want prayer, just um, just come forward.